daybreak, Jesus will come. Some golden daybreak battles all won. He'll shout the victory, break through the blue. Some golden daybreak for me. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You're listening to the Bright Spot Hour, introduced by our familiar and beloved theme song, Some Golden Daybreak. This is Harold Seitler speaking, Brother Gene Payne, guest soloist, Mrs. Garrett at the beautiful Hammond organ. To commence the program today, Mrs. Garrett at the organ will play for you the wonder of it all. of God, don't we? And the mercy of the Lord and all the attributes of the Almighty cause us to stand off amazed and marvel and to wonder at God's goodness and God's mercy and God's love. I have a Father, we thank Thee that Thou art, and besides Thee there is none other. We thank You that years ago You planted within our heart the seed of faith, and today that faith yet abides within our heart to believe God, to believe that You can answer prayer to believe that you sit upon the throne of your majestic glory, to believe that you alter the course of the human family, to believe that you loved us to the degree that you gave your only begotten Son to pay the sin debt upon Calvary's cross. Thank you for that faith. And Lord, I pray for those that may be in my audience today who have not the seed of faith within my in their heart. They find it difficult to believe the Bible and difficult to believe that Jesus paid the sin debt. Difficult to believe that God is able to keep that which we've committed unto him against that day. I pray that you'll plant faith and cultivate faith and water faith and develop faith in the heart of those that hear this broadcast from day to day. Faith to believe God and to trust him at his very word. Now, Lord, I pray for every home 
where the broadcast now goes. I do not know where that home may be, nor do I know the need that may be pressing heavy upon the mother or dad or maybe a child of that home. But you know the need, and I pray just now that you'll bless. Then I ask you to give power and unction to the preaching of your word, that the name of Jesus may be extolled, and that sinners may be convicted, and the devil might become defeated. Now, Lord, maintain the open door, even until Christ may come the second time, that we can continue day by day to herald this wonderful name and to preach this glorious gospel. For any victory, for every victory, we shall give thy name all the praise because we pray and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Gene Payne, a favorite of mine, you'll enjoy. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. When I come to the river at ending of day, when the last winds of sorrow have blown, there my Savior is waiting to show me the way. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Jesus died for my sins to atone. When the darkness I see, he'll be waiting for me. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Though the billows of sorrow and trouble may sweep, Christ the Savior will care for his own. Till the end of the journey, my soul he will keep. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Jesus died for my sins to atone. When the darkness I see, He'll be waiting for me. I won't have to cross Jordan. Always a joy to have Gene Payne with us by way of recording on the Bright Spot Hour. I also appreciate my late grandfather and the late Mrs. Garrett for the wonderful music bringing the Bright Spot Hour on the air again today. I continue with the Lord's help dealing with the matter of sanctification. We saw in Ephesians 4.11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers The purpose for this is in verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, number three, 
for the edifying of the body of Christ. How long will this ministry continue? Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What is the purpose for this? Verse 14, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. By the grace of God and your listenership, I'll develop these scriptures in a few moments on the Bright Spot Hour. For those of you that hear the Bright Spot Hour from WGCR, Pisgah Forest, Brevard, Asheville, I'll be preaching the Lord willing again tonight at the Rose Hill Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina. The church is in the Reynolds area, the Reynolds community. In fact, the church is right behind the uh, the Reynolds High School football field. If you go to Reynolds School and uh, and go up Rocket Drive, you'll come out on Reynolds School Road and turn to the left. Of course, the football field will be on your left. The church will be on the right. I'll be there with the Reverend Larry Carver and his good people tonight at 7 o'clock, the Drake family. Uh, I sing with them, pick bluegrass music with them. They'll be with me in the meeting tonight. The Lord willing, we'll be uh, playing, and then I'll be preaching the Word of God again tonight. Rose Hill Baptist Church, 49 Reynolds School Road, Asheville, North Carolina, and the Reverend Larry Carver. The Bright Spot Hour is a work of faith and a labor of love, depending upon the Lord and our many friends to enable the door of radio broadcasting to remain open. I make that statement every day because it is, in reality, a statement of fact. We depend entirely upon God and His people to enable this door to remain open. The Bright Spot Hour is not underwritten by any church. We are not underwritten by any corporate interest, not at all. The Bright Spot Hour is entirely listener-supported. My wife and I give many thousands of dollars into the work of the Bright Spot Hour every year. I'm not asking you to do anything that I don't already do, but I'm not capable of financing the budget of the Bright Spot Hour alone. I can't, uh, I can't finance it out of my checkbook by myself. We're on 35 radio stations. I would love to be on 350, but we just don't have the financial ability right now to be on 350 stations, so praise God for the 35 that we have. But the only way that I'm able to pay the radio budget and to meet uh, the requirements of the radio is that my friends, like yourself, stand with me in these days. Our mailing address, the Bright Spot Hour, Post Office Box number 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Our email, just go to the website, thebrightspothour.com, click the feedback button that brings the 
uh, uh, email directly to my inbox, or you can find us on social media at Getter, Odyssey, Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, and X. We are dealing with the matter of sanctification. I've been talking about on the program yesterday and the Lord willing today, the matter of progressive sanctification. Now, every born-again child of God that is justified freely by His grace as instantaneous sanctification the moment you're saved. I mean, the instant you are born again by the grace of God, that instant uh, you are sanctified in the Lord Jesus Christ at the moment of the new birth. Then there's practical sanctification, that is the uh, consecration and the dedication of your life and mine. I have never tried to put any believer under the matter of the law. Paul said, you're not under the law, but under grace. But I have been accused wrongly of, of by men who say, well, now, Brother Ben believes if you get saved, you can just live any old way you want to, and everything's going to be all right. You have never heard me make that statement. If we sow to the flesh, we shall of the flesh reap corruption. If we sow to the wind, we shall reap the world wind. You have never heard me tell a believer to throw off the shackles and to throw off the restraints of the Scripture and the restraints of moral decency and honor and just live any old way they want to. You've never heard me make a statement like that, and you never will hear me make a statement like that. But then I began on yesterday dealing with the matter of progressive sanctification. Progressive sanctification is what I understand to be growth in the grace of God. The Apostle Peter closed out Second Peter 3 with the words, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Second Peter 3 and verse number 18. Paul the Apostle in 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now it is my firm belief and my firm conviction that it is not possible for a born-again child of God to grow in grace without growing in knowledge, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Although there are some, in my estimation, that place a premium on ignorance, you'll never find that in the Word of God. Now, I recognize that doctrine divides, and that's why some men are, they are afraid, as afraid of Bible doctrine, and as afraid of theology as they are a rattlesnake. Because it is my doctrine, it is my theology that makes me what I am and causes me to believe what I believe, and it is your theology, or perhaps the lack thereof, that causes you to believe what you believe, or perhaps to not believe what you don't believe. All of that is in the matter of Bible doctrine or the matter of theology. Progressive sanctification cannot become a reality in the life of the born-again child of God without this matter of growing both in grace and in knowledge. Now, it is the trials of life, it is the hardships and the difficulties of life that cause the believer to recognize and to understand 
the sufficiency of the grace of God. In uh, Romans 5, 1, being justified freely by His grace, uh, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, we have access by faith into this grace. I don't need dying grace right now. I'm not dying. But I do need living grace because I am living. I'm standing before this radio mic preaching to you right now. I need preaching grace at this moment as I'm preaching to you. But I'm not uh, writing a tithe check right now, but I'll sit down at my desk and I'll write out a tithe check out of my checkbook and I'll put that in an envelope and carry that to church with me and put it in the offering of the uh, church at Rock Springs where my family and I are members. When I sit down to write that check, I need grace. I need tithing grace to write the check, to write it large. And, uh, and uh, for the devil to not say, now, you could keep that money and buy this or keep that money and spend it on that or keep that money and do this. God gives me grace to sit down and say, shut up, devil. I'm going to give the Lord uh, my, re my responsibility. I'm going to give to the Lord my requirement. And I sit down and I write the check. And I hope that I can make the, the, the next check larger than the last check. And I hope that I can make my tithe next year more than my tithe this year. My tithe this year is more than my tithe last year, you see. Tithing grace. We have access into this grace. Now, Peter says, grow in grace. And as you and I live our life, and we live for the Lord, and we face the trials of life, and we labor through the difficulties that life hands to us, and we carry our cross, and we bear the burden that we must carry, we grow in grace. Uh, I, have, I have much more confidence in the good provision of the Lord today that I had confidence in the good provision of the Lord 10 years ago. And I believed 10 years ago that God would make a way. But 10 years ago, I had more confidence in the good provision of the Lord than I did 20 years ago, and so on, and so on. But grow in grace. And number two, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's where I find ourselves in Ephesians chapter number four. And he gave some, verse 11, some apostles and some prophets, and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, why did the Lord leave to the New Testament church? And today we have three abiding offices. We don't have any apostles today, and we don't have any prophets today. We don't need the prophetic office as in the predicting of the future because we have a completed revelation of Scripture. God has revealed His will and His mind in the pages of His Word. If you read in English, I would advise you to get a King James Bible and read that King James Bible, and you'll find in that the revealed mind and will of God. That's why we don't need the prophet today. But we do have the abiding offices of the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. Now, why would God give these three offices? In verse number 12, number one, for the perfecting of the saints. For the perfecting of the saints. That, my friend, is what I understand as progressive sanctification. But grow in grace the believer does that as he walks with the Lord, faces the trials of life, 
sees that the hand of God is good in all things, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The perfecting of the saints is the uh, enlightening of the saints. It is the edifying of the body. It is the feeding of the flock. It is bringing the believer along in the things of God. Now, that is going to require that the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher occupy themselves with the preaching and the teaching of the Word. Now, I'm afraid that some men have learned how to use the Bible as a means to an end, and that end is making a living. And they, they learn how to, how to preach in such a way that uh, they can generate an, an income. There are some men that are so interested in building their ministry, they won't let anything hinder the building of that ministry, including the preaching of the inerrant and the infallible Word of God. They're, they're, to them, for me to live is not Christ. To them, for to me to live is the building of my ministry, the building of my church, the building of my outreach, the building of my influence, the building of my profile on social media. And, and uh, if we're going to perfect the saints, there must be the preaching of the Word. I'm talking about the whole counsel of God. I am a dispensationalist, there's no question about that. I get criticized for being a dispensationalist. But I, I believe the whole counsel of God, I believe all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. I believe all Scripture is profitable. I spend a great deal of time preaching in the Old Testament, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm what they call, I've never called myself this, but I've been called a mid-Acts dispensationalist so far as the mystery of the body of the New Testament church is concerned. And yet the men criticizing me don't spend as much time preaching in the Old Testament as I do. Paul the Apostle said these things are written for our examples. They are examples unto us. I think that uh, the Apostle Paul in many places in the book of Romans quotes the book of Isaiah in Ephesians, Paul quotes the book of Deuteronomy, and I think it's incumbent upon me as a Bible student when I come to these passages, when Paul says, as it is written, I need to find out where that was written, and I need to read where it was written, and I need to read the context in which it was written, because that is the context that Paul the Apostle is bringing forward, either from Isaiah or Deuteronomy or one of the Old Test other Old Testament passages. He's bringing that Old Testament context forward and developing that in the light of the cross and in the light of the New Testament revelation. In fact, there are passages in the Pauline letters that I found impossible to interpret until I bothered when Paul said, as it is written, I bothered to stop and go back and find out where is it written and understand the context of what was written and then bring that forward and then, and only then, I was able to understand what the Apostle Paul was trying to say. The perfecting of the saints, the matter of growing in grace and in the knowledge, and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I think that to be an understanding 
of this matter of progressive sanctification. The believer, as he moves along in the grace of God, he moves forward in the things of God. He he walks with the Lord and develops his faith and develops his knowledge in the scriptures. And by that, that's what I understand to be the matter of progressive sanctification. Now, on the program tomorrow, my time is gone today, I want to deal with when the body of Christ arrives at home in the dispensation of the fullness of time. And I want to deal with the final stage of sanctification when all things are gathered in one in Christ. May the Lord richly bless you until I broadcast on tomorrow. We trust today's message by Dr. Ben Carper on the Bright Spot Hour has been a blessing to you. Write the Bright Spot Hour at Post Office Box 4, Greenville, South Carolina, 29602. Visit the website at thebrightspothour.com. This is Mark Ferguson saying listen again tomorrow for the Bright Spot Hour. Same time, same station, same gospel. On that